Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode, we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that we share what we feel is the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yeah, now, normally I'd say we're not experts in anything we talk about, but I consider myself an expert at this week's topic, as will lots of people. But this is a summary of our findings and information that we've learned. (laughs) Hopefully, by sharing some of it with you lot, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Right then, Liam, let's get on with this week's topic, which is... Lego! Woohoo! Liam, this week's topic is Lego. You've just put it out there straight away, calling yourself an expert. Let everybody know, what is it that you knew about Lego before you started to get into it this week? There is, there is nothing I don't know about Lego. I am an expert, but I am also a dad of a kid who likes playing with Lego, so I have to be an expert at it. <laughs> um, I could not tell you how many hours I've spent playing Lego. Like, <laughs> what is it they say? If you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you're a professional. I reckon that might make me a professional at Lego. You reckon? Um, you that much time? I mean, I don't it. know any of it. I don't know any of the intricacies that we've learned this week about the history of it and the, the makeup of the pieces and things like that, but just playing with Lego, what a fun thing to do. What about yourself? So I, I like Lego, but I've probably not had a proper Lego playing oh. session for 20 years, I reckon. Oh, what? <laughs> Does that not go down what too well with you? you? You need to come around. I've got Lego models everywhere. We have to put them on the shelf. Once we build one, we've got to put it on the shelf. It's got to stay there for at least a week before the boy forgets about it and I can smash it up and put it back in the box. <laughs> I obviously know what it is. Played with it loads when I was younger. Really enjoyed it. It's such a yeah cool toy. It's it's the, one of the most popular and best-selling toys of all time. It's a household name all over the world. You know, It's fun for children and adults, as, as you can attest to there, for all ages. And it's it's got an incredible history and it goes back about 80 years, doesn't it? We should probably start with how it all came about in the first place. Yeah, well, 90 years officially. It goes back to 1932. I'm just doing my maths now. I'm just making sure I was right. 90 years it goes back to. So in 1932, a guy called Ole Kirk Christensen started making wooden toys, didn't he? And he started making some wooden toys and he, he put a lot of time into them, made sure they were high quality wooden toys. Um, and then after a few years, 1936, you need to come up with a name. And this is really interesting because, as we know, with each episode, I tend to be the etymologist between us and finding yes. out where the names come from. But you can have this one because I know you found it out, too, because it's interesting as hell. Um, why, why is it called Lego? So we came up with Lego in 1936 because? So it's derived from a Danish term, Legot. I think you pronounce it G-O-D-T. Legot which means play well. And so it takes the first two letters from each of those two words from leg got. And yeah, that's yeah. how he came up with the word Lego. Yeah, that's nuts. So, so he's, he's called in, so he's making these um, wooden toys uh, as the company is called Lego, does this for 10 years, 1946. In 1946, he comes over to England and he buys a plastic molding machine. These machines started becoming like, 
popular about then. Spent a lot of money on it. It was a bit of a risk, but he could see it being the future. He bought this and then three years later released something called the Automatic Binding Bricks. That was it. Didn't he? Which were a precursor to Lego as we know it, right? Yes, it's not not what we think of when we when we know Lego bricks. But this guy, he had a bit of bad luck along the way, didn't he? So he was a, a wooden toy maker. His building burnt down, and yep. he, his wife died, and he, the building burnt down a second time. <laughs> and so he had yep. some bad luck along the way. He had to really persevere, didn't he? Before he then turned to coming up with some some plastic related toys that he, he then thought he'd start building. And as we say, yeah, it was the precursor to what we now know as a Lego brick with the differating thing being that those bricks, they didn't interlock together, did they, in the first place? No, they were essentially hollow. If you picture a Lego brick now and turn it over, it's got these like tubes on the bottom of it that help it connect together. And with the little, you know, the little knobblies on the top, they, they click to each other and then you can, you know, you move it upside down and it won't fall off originally they were just sort of like these hollow bricks and they would they could sit on top of each other but that was about it they were otherwise they would fall apart you couldn't really move them around so he released those in 1949 in 53 he renamed them as lego bricks and started printing the word lego on every brick i don't know if you uh, that might even be a fact you know the word lego is on every little knobbly bit of a brick every time you see a lego brick yeah they they serialize it don't they they put a serial number on so they can track back the brick that they've got to make sure if there's ever an issue with it which batch did it come from yeah what i mean is though on the little knobbly bits on the top it says lego i'm oh, showing yes. one to ollie on the camera yeah it um, does yeah it says lego on all of them so he started printing them all up in lego in 55 this was sort of a big deal they released their first they called it a lego system so to begin with it was more just play here's a bunch of bricks just do what you want with it then they released their first almost a model the first sort of types of model it was here's a box and a picture of a house um, here are our automatic binding bricks. You can, you know, build this. Um, and the the ones that are considered like the first Lego sets that are out there, if anyone's wondering. So it was a garage with an automatic door. There was an SO station, a small shop, a small house, um, another SO filling station, a fire station, a church, and a VW car showroom. So were these the ones with Lego bricks as we see them nowadays? Is that what you mean? These were the first yeah, models right. with real Lego bricks. Yes. So this was, so this would have been in 1958. It wasn't until 58. So he released these automatic binding bricks in 49, but it wasn't until nine years later that they made the bricks like what we see them today with the little tubes at the bottom so they connect together. And yeah, and then like you're saying, at that point, they then released these models that were these churches and SO garages and fire stations and things that you just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. So they've released these models. They've got their Lego bricks looking like what we think of them to look like. And um, this is 1958. Um, in 1960, more bad luck. His factory burnt down again. I know. Poor guy. Right. Yeah. But at this point, he decides he's not going to bother building the wooden toys anymore. Because up until now, he's doing everything. He's building the wooden toys, but he's also doing the Lego. And he realized Lego is the way to go. Yes. Um, in 1965, um, his, his son at this point had taken over and he, he released, they, they called them 10 characteristics, like 10 things that all Lego had to, um, abide by. Did you read any of these or do you want me to read a few out? Yeah. So it was, 
one of the things that they were finding out because they they were struggling to sell as many as what they wanted to and it was all linked to it being things sold around christmas time and they started to think of well why should our amazing lego just be sold at christmas time so let's come up with these characteristics and one of the things that they said is it should be an all year round toy yeah all year round for girls and boys for all ages um it should create stimulating and harmonious play I don't, you know, my boy and my girl both play with it. I'm not sure they're harmonious half the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, I, I, she doesn't really know what she's doing, but I'm pretty certain they're not harmonious trying to get the same pieces. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's no way I'm the only person that thinks that. <laughs> and uh, the other thing they were saying on. was that the characteristics, they wanted it to be absolutely top quality. So this was one of the things that had almost like gone throughout all of the, the design work that the main chap that we we're talking about, this Ole Kirk Christensen, had been all about. So even going back to when he started making wooden toys, he used the best quality wood, he used the best tools to be making them. And so he, he was always super high on quality. So one of the characteristics is that they wanted to make a brick that was of super high quality as well. Yeah, but what's nuts is like once these bricks have come out, in 58 there's not a whole lot different between what happened then and what what is now there's just a few other additions like they they opened their first lego land and we'll talk about that in 68 they released duplo in 69 they they opened a lego shop you know things like that but essentially not a whole lot is much different from 1958 uh something that was interesting though they didn't release the mini the, the lego men yet until 20 years after they'd started releasing Lego models or Lego systems, as they call it. Like, you'd have thought they, like, I, I, obviously they didn't, but you'd have just thought they'd have had the Lego men there straight to begin with. But yeah. obviously that was not a consideration. But we know that their official name isn't Lego men, is it? It's minifigures. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Really interesting. Did you see, have you seen the first le- minifigures? Have you seen what they look like? Yeah. So they didn't have arms, did they? <laughs> or legs practically they were just like like sort of a torso of a head weren't they yep yeah yeah almost yeah you think it would look a little bit like a board game character yeah yeah, yeah. a bit like if you were playing cluedo and you were to pick yes someone to run around with you're, you're the uh, the pink one or whatever it's just like a round circle with like a little triangle on the bottom that's what they look like uh, yes. yeah they weren't movable at all and then you know it wasn't until 78 I think it was when, um, yeah, they started being like what they what we wanted them to be like. Did you read why they were yellow? I was thinking, oh, Simpsons. Like, oh, has it got anything to do with the Simpsons? Yeah. Or are they yellow because Lego, <laughs> Lego people are yellow? Like, did you read that? It was, to, it was to do with being neutral, wasn't it? In terms of wanting it to not represent anyone, any particular type of person out there and just for it to be a, a neutral colour. Yeah, they, they're quoted from their website at one point of saying, we chose yellow to avoid assigning a specific ethnicity in sets that don't include any specific characters. So they just they just went with yellow. And it wasn't until 2003 when they started releasing minifigures with much more naturalistic skin tones because they started releasing figures based on real people. Yep. Um, and they, they had to you know take into account actual skin tone. So, and to begin with, they just had a happy face expression. That was all they had. It was just like two eyes and a yeah. and a line for a mouth, yeah. didn't they? That that was all you, all you had for your minifigure. But that's yeah. obviously changed as well. 
1989, that took 11 years. So it took 20 years to get a minifigure. And then for 11 years, they just had two dots and a smiley face. They released the Lego pirate set and they, I, I, they give them like different faces and things. Yeah, it's great. Do you, have you, do you know how many Lego minifigures there are in the world? <laughs> I did read this. There are absolutely loads, aren't there? Is it like four billion or something have been made? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's estimated more than 4 billion Lego minifigures have been made, which makes, if they were a population, they are the largest population in the world, obviously, <laughs> because that's like half the planet would be Lego people. Talking so, about um, the uh, the expressions on their, their faces, I was reading that there was, wasn't until the Harry Potter set came out that they had a face on both sides. So what they did is you could have multiple expressions on the same Lego set, on the same minifigure. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. And you could just turn its head round and cover it up with a, it was like a turban to then have a different face expression, depending if they're happy yeah. or if they're being a bit angry. <laughs> but yeah, so they, cool. but they've, they've now got loads of other expressions, as we were saying. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much like all of them. They're all like that, aren't they? I remember going to, I think, I think it was your birthday party, wasn't it? I dressed up as a Lego man. It took me a long time to try and make, try to make a Lego man's head but I had to get the eyes and the mouth in correct proportion. So I had to measure a Lego man's face <laughs> to try and work out how far apart his eyes were to then scale it up to the mark. That was so hard. <laughs> I like that. It didn't quite look like. The, um, the um, first ever minifigure that was created, did you see what that was? Um, it was it was either a policeman or a fireman. I don't remember. Yeah, that was it. Police, yeah, policeman. Policeman. So for any yeah, trivia out there, people who like their, their pub quiz trivia... Yeah, the first ever Lego minifigure that was created was a policeman. But as Liam said, it took a number of years before they even came about. There's tons of trivia for Lego. You just keep dropping them in, can't you? You just keep saying facts about Lego. There's just so much of it. Do you read about Mr. Gold? Just quickly while, before we move on from Lego figures. Oh, like the, yeah, the go collectability. on. Yeah. So they, they released it like a set of collectible minifigures, essentially. A bit like our NFTs we were talking about the other week. And But they, what they did is they threw in, there's about 5,000 they made gold ones essentially. You know, they just became super collectible. So if you happen to have a gold, Mr. Gold Lego minifigure at home, it's probably worth some money. Not millions of pounds, but probably in the hundreds for sure. Uh, nice. Yeah. So just to Little recap, Lego then, just going back to the the real beginning. So Lego Group started out as a small company owned by this guy called Ole Kirk Christian. Started making Lego toys in 1932. By 1947, he had started making plastic toys. And then it was in 1958 where they then came up with starting to make the interlocking bricks that we now know today. And those bricks, as we mentioned earlier, haven't really changed, but they're they're super important. It may be just worth us just talking about the bricks. Yeah, like it's they don't call them bricks though, do they? They call them elements when they're when they're making a like a Lego model. They they call it a Lego element, not necessarily a brick, and it's it's quite hard. We, you know, we, we've said off off recording to nail down just how many different elements there are. But we we do have an interview coming up, don't we? Maybe we'll ask our expert there. So maybe let's not say a number in case we're wrong, and we'll try and find that out. But what about the colours? There's, there's only there's not there's not an infinite number of colours of Lego bricks, is there? No, I I reckon we should say the numbers. I read a few times it was like three thousand six hundred, but you've got way bigger number than that haven't you i read eighteen thousand different uh things 
uh, 18. If you look on the bottom of a brick, they've all got design, they've got numbers on the bottom of them. Um, and that tells you their design number. Um, this one in my hand has got six, two, four, three on the bottom. But yeah, some of them are in, in uh, like in, in service. That's not the right word, in use. And some of them are discontinued. But apparently some database tracks that there's about 18,000 still in use. But again, don't know who's right. Yeah. That's, that's sort of the nature of our, of our podcast, though, isn't it? We're, we're never going to, there's some things we're never going to know the real answer yeah. to until we get to speak yeah. to an expert. Absolutely. But an, an amazing thing about the bricks and coming back to the quality and the consistency that this Ollie Kirk Christian wanted to put in place at the beginning is that any of those bricks made from 1958, they will still work and interlock with and play perfectly with any bricks that are made in 2022, which is yeah. pretty incredible, isn't it? They, they patented this idea called a, a universal system so that every piece is compatible with other pieces, regardless of the year or the set that it belongs to, which was a, an ingenious idea. It's nuts. The Lego I play with today is the Lego from my mum and dad's loft from 30 plus years ago that I used to play with. And now I'm playing it with my boy and it's all the same Lego. And if we buy new Lego sets, it all connects together. It's ridiculous. There's a nuts fact. It's something like 97 or 98 percent of all Lego gets reused by somebody okay. else or passed on. Yeah. Like it's hardly ever landfilled or wasted in almost any, you know, it's always reused because it's so durable and strong and, and well-made. You were saying that, what was that fact you were saying about how well-made they are? Yeah, and on how well-made they are, it's, it's only 18 out of every million Lego bricks that fail to meet their standard, the standard of what the brick should be, because the, the process is so efficient and consistent. So it's 18 out of every million bricks that doesn't quite meet the grade, which is amazing. That's nuts. Yeah, and just going back to the colour of the bricks, they've got like a Lego, just going back to the colours as well, they've got like a specific Lego colour palette that they use. Okay. Um, so there are only certain colours that they use. Now, what, what you said it the same, it's about 60 colours, isn't it? They yeah, now that's use right. On their um, Lego bricks. Um, they're into 14 colour families, apparently. Black, grey, lilac, blue, dark green, green, yellow, bright orange, reddish brown, red, purple, white, silver and gold. <laughs> basically any color you can think of <laughs> like, yeah it is pretty much it is pretty much but and what we're gonna i think we're gonna probably go on to this now when they make new lego models as well they try quite hard not to use new pieces because they want that whole you, you know reusability and they don't want to make pieces that are specific to one model they want them to be reused you know you smash it up you build something else with it yeah. So, so what do you mean, like, is in if you do a pirate one, there's a shark there or something? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I'd read, and we'll talk about it now, basically, but, you know, sometimes they need to, you know, models coming out nowadays tend to be linked to, they call it like an intellectual property, like Harry Potter or Star Wars or something like that. So Harry Potter needs a wand, for example. So yes. they've got to make a Lego wand. But unfortunately, you can only really use that wand with Harry Potter, unless, well, I mean, you could use it elsewhere, I guess. But um, the purpose that it was designed for was specific, whereas <clears throat> as much as possible, they want it just to be reusable for any situation. Yeah. So how do they come up with the models then? This is, well, basically, if you guessed, you'd probably get it right. How, how, how do they come up with them? Yeah, but uh, I still didn't really think this was the way how they come up with them that we're about to say. I, I thought there would be like more computer element to it. Yeah, that, so that, basically... Basically, what they do is 
they just sit down and start playing with Lego bricks and building something that's in their head, a longer theme. So they'll, they'll, a group of designers will sit around a table. They'll, be, they'll know that they're working on a pirate-themed line of work. One of them will start building a boat. One of them will start building the pirate island. One of them will start building something else pirate-related. Yep. And they, they just yep. sort of go for it. Yep. And obviously, they've got access to every Lego piece. There's some pretty cool videos where they go down into like um, the warehouse and everything's catalogued all on these shelves and drawers. And there's just every piece of Lego they're ever going to need. Pick a bunch up, go upstairs, sit around a table and basically, yeah, just essentially that. They just they just do it. Like you were saying, yeah, you, actually, in hindsight, perhaps, I, yeah, I did think that they probably just bang it in a computer nowadays and it will design it for them. But that isn't it because no. it has to be. It's because it has to be playable and people have to sit and do it. And it has to be like, you know, it's an experience. And, and if you do it on a computer, perhaps it's not going to have that same sort of design, maybe. Yeah. So apparently they'll, they'll sit around a table. They've all got a bunch of bricks. They're building things. They're sort of chatting. And it's a bit like show and tell. I was reading a couple of interviews that Lego designers have said, like initially they, they'll sketch something out and the, the first draft of their boat will look like a plate with a brick on top of it. It doesn't really look much like a boat. And then they start playing and building and speaking with their friends about what they're putting together and end up coming up with these amazing things that we then now know what they look like. But a big part as exactly what you were saying there is they check the playability. So they want to make sure that once it's been built, that you can then actually play with the car or play with the boat and it won't all just collapse on you until yeah. you decide yeah. that you then want to take it apart and rebuild something else. Yeah, they do. Have, they, I read they heat test them. They put them in a heater to make sure they don't warp, like because kids leave their Lego models on a windowsill in the back of a car and things like that. So they need to um, make sure that doesn't happen. They also, as they're building them, though, they, 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 you know, one thing they have to consider is who they're building it for. So if they're making a pirate ship, but it's aimed at five-year-olds. They need to consider how complex they make it, what sorts of pieces they use, the tiny ones or the big ones, how many pieces there will be, things like that. So that all needs to, to um, come into consideration. And then... Yeah, on that, I was, I was reading one of, one of the designers was saying that parents often overestimate their child's abilities and a lot of time and effort goes into thinking what the age appropriateness of a of a set is so if it says 16 plus you should adhere to it because these are the experts they've put it together they've thought about how complex it is they know what they're doing your seven or eight year old probably isn't going to be able to build the 16 plus version model yeah yeah that's true and that leads nicely on to because then they've got to do the instructions don't they yes and and again so something they need to do the instructions they need to basically what they do is you just take it apart and build it and take it apart and build it and they try and just they just work out how many steps they're going to need, how many pieces. Because, you know, if you've ever built a Lego model, it will will be step one, put these two pieces on. Step two, put this piece on. And it's just, do they put two or three or one piece on each time? And they even have to consider, if you've seen a Lego model instruction booklet, the angle of the picture of the model that you're building. Have they flipped the model upside down? Are they coming at it from behind? Because that confuses people when you're trying to build a Lego model. Um, But, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. But yeah, so it, so the way that things are designed, so when you see like a Millennium Falcon or whatever it might be, or you, you see a pirate ship, somebody has built that from scratch, smashed it apart, built it again, smashed it apart, built it again, and just really test, tried and tested it over a number of times, haven't they? Yeah, so we've got our models. But so originally, when they were building all of these models, they, they build them in the factory, 
And what would happen is when someone would come to, to do some business or something, they would always want to go and see them, wouldn't they? Yeah. So they would turn up to the factory in Denmark, in Billund, and they'd want to see it. But what, what happened was they had too many people come in. And they, were, they, they got a bit too popular and they got too many people bowling into the factory to go and look at what's being done and what the models are. So they came up with a plan to build Lego land, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There were too many like toy perspective toy buyers or people who are interested in getting involved in Lego. And they thought, well, how about we then have this on permanent display about what the capabilities are? And it's only as limited by your imagination about what it is that you can build let's create a, an amusement park. And so they decided to do that. They had eight of the amusement parks. It sprung up pretty quickly. The first one, as Liam said, was in Billund in Denmark. And then it was followed by the Legoland Windsor in England. Then there's California. There's one in Germany. And um, there was one that opened in Searsdorf. I butchered how you say that, but that, that opened in 73 and closed in 76. But yeah, they came up with the idea of just showcasing their work more, didn't they? Yeah, and, and I should have said this at the start. I've actually been to Legoland in Billund in Denmark, the original Legoland. Okay. I reckon I reckon I must have been maybe 10 or 11. Any standout memories from going there? I remember learning, getting my driving license because all Legolands have got like a driving section where you can get in these little battery powered cars and it, like it's all in this town with roundabouts and traffic lights. Being a 10 year old and having to stop at lights and things, it's so exciting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, doing that. Because obviously that was before Windsor opened in 96. So I, I, it must have been before then because otherwise we'd have just gone to the Windsor one, I'm sure. So, yes. but yeah, I've actually been to that. Um, and they're building some more now. They, they have nearly 16 million visitors a year to these Legolands, which is, um, yeah, that's a lot. So, wow. But so the models in Legoland, though, right, that's a different thing because they are enormous. If you've not been to a Legoland, you know, there's like, like a full scale dragon or like a, yes. a full size car or, <laughs> or whatever you can think of made of Lego. Now, that's not the same thing as a load of guys sitting around the table, is it? You have to be pretty something to be the person in charge of that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you certainly do. And they are known as master builders. Yeah. Yeah, that's the dream. That's, that's always been a dream of mine. Could I become a Lego master builder? Yeah, so a master builder, saying how it's not just the people who are coming up with the designs in the first place. They, they distinguish themselves by being able to build complex vehicles or buildings or animals or huge settings but the ability to do it without any instructions. So it's almost like they can just visualize what it is that they want to build. And they've just got so much experience with Lego that they can go ahead and do it. Pretty incredible. Yeah, there's not many of them in the world. I read somewhere between 20 and 40 in the whole world of, the, of these master builders. And they turn up and Lego say their job is to maintain existing models, create new models and deliver inspirational and creative workshops to potential builders of the future. Um, they, they will also participate in building events, corporate events and act as a spokesman for Lego. But did you read how they get selected? Like the selection, like the interview process, if you like. Yeah. Is it like the X Factor, like the Brick Factor or something? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just a one-day building competition, and they just they just give them challenges. Right, you got ten minutes, build me a boat, or whatever it might be, and um, crack on with it. 
<laughs> and then, uh, they, yeah, they eliminate people slowly instead. So there's one person left and they become the uh, the master builder. There's other things so like, that, that they can do, isn't it? So most people like you and I will we'll just build one brick on top of each other. So we're talking about the interlocking mechanism where you've got the the tubes like and the studs that you get on each brick. You just put them on top of each other and you end up building something. But master builders, their special ability is being able to look and create unknown Lego formations or patterns that haven't really been thought of before. Um, there was one of them that I was looking at, which I this was news to me. You can get a double-sided brick. So what you do okay. is you you get you get like an eight by two brick, and you then put like a smaller piece of Lego inside it, and then stick the other eight by two brick onto it. So you've ended up with the knobbly bits, the studs being on the outside of these two bricks that are stuck together. And then they can build like anything off the back of that. It's incredible. But there's there's a whole load of other way that they think about how you can build things with being yeah. a master builder. They've got it? to build they have to build like angles and curves and things like that. But obviously bricks aren't curvy. So to be able to turn this like a bunch of these bricks into a smooth curve is quite a clever skill. They also build them sideways so what they do is, you know, when you build a model, they've got the knobbly bits on the top. Yes. But if they build, if they go sideways with a smooth side up, you end up with a smooth topped design, which is pretty cool. There's something other than a master builder called a Lego certified professional. Did you read about that one? That sounds a bit, a bit official. So a Lego certified, this is straight off the Lego website, a Lego certified professional is made up, is, is an adult Lego entrepreneur who has turned their passion for Lego bricks and systems into a full-time or part-time profession. So they don't necessarily work for Lego, but they use Lego uh, as a medium for their job. So, you know, they might be sculptors or artists and things like that. Nice. Um, there's not many of them. There's like 22 of them in the world. Yeah, there's um, only there's only a few of them. and. It might be good if we could maybe talk with one of these as our expert. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could talk with the only um, Lego certified professional who was also a Lego master model builder? That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd like that. So maybe we'll have a see if we can chat with that person. Yeah, Nathan Sawaya. Uh, yeah. That is, is his name. He's an artist who uses Lego exclusively to make massive sculptures out of Lego. Um, and he has a, a touring exhibition called The Art of the Brick. But I think that'd be pretty interesting. We could probably throw him some questions, couldn't we? If we could Absolutely. just get a chat with him. But yeah, they, they, incredible. Some of, the, some of the sculptures of his and what other people do and what they're able to put together at the um, at the theme parks is absolutely nuts. Like from spaceships right through to like the Statue of Liberty to whatever you think of, they've probably done a replica of it. I was reading that the St. Paul's Basilica, that it took 400 hours to design and it was two and a half thousand hours of build time, which that's mad, isn't it? That's some serious effort and time that's gone in there. Yeah, it's unbelievable some of the things they make. It's just, you, I mean, you want to see some of these sculptures, though. We'll put it on our Instagram, shall we? Probably. And um, show some of them off. What if you've got your own idea? Could you get your own idea to be a Lego model? Did you read a that? Apparently you can. You were telling me this in the week, weren't you? I, I didn't see this. Yeah, you can You can put, they've got, Lego have got um, a page. I don't know if it's their Facebook or their Instagram or, or suggestions page. You can suggest the model. 
And if you get 10,000 likes, the company have a duty to consider the possibility of building it, apparently. I like it. That sounds good. Should you try and get something so, built? Uh, yeah, what do you reckon we can get someone to make like the, the two guys one topic logo or something? I reckon yeah, even you could do that cool. with your, your expert knowledge on this. Well, I, I, like I said, I'm an expert. Um, what are the biggest Lego set you can buy? Did you know what this was? Oh, no, I don't know this. What, what, what have you got? Well, so it's it's a map of the world. Oh, sorry, I say biggest. This is most pieces. It's not the most expensive, but it's the most pieces. It's a map of the world, 11,000 pieces in this model. Essentially, it's a massive paint by numbers, but all you're putting up little little Lego pieces to fill in all the different countries of the world. As in the little um, circle dot pieces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it looks like. And uh, yeah. yeah, and you make this huge map of the world on your walls. $250. The most expensive, though, is the Lego Star Wars Millennium Falcon, which is $800 and has 7,500 pieces. Wow. And then do they, do they have any more with, with other pieces? Yeah, Lego Titanic is the actual, if you're thinking of a model and not a piece of art, Lego Titanic is actually the one with the most pieces. It is $630, has 9,090 pieces. That'd keep uh, you busy so for a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely don't yeah. be buying that for your seven or eight-year-old. I'm sure the, the rating on that will be 16 yeah. plus or something. And, you know, just a big callback to um, our episode on the seven ones of the world, uh, you can build a Colosseum. Lego Coliseum is third most with 9,036 pieces. You could build that if you wanted to, if you fancy getting that. I like that. Um, uh, the designer of the Coliseum said that, obviously, as he was perfecting it, he needed more and more pieces to capture all the different details. So, like, as it was, obviously, as it was getting bigger and more detailed, it was just taking more pieces. And okay. Up taking just over 9,000 pieces. No, that's, that's cool. Uh, going back to just the enormous ones, the enormous sculptures that they make, and I read a few times that what they do for the theme parks, the amusement parks, is they then end up gluing the pieces together. So it's all built by hand. There's no robots. There's not really computers or anything involved in, in the design of it that we were talking about. But everything's built by hand, but then they then glue the bits together, don't they? Just to make sure yeah. that if anyone tries playing with them or taking them apart, they wouldn't be successful. Yeah, and I think just lastly, we should probably just mention maybe the future of Lego just before we go into some takeaways. Just, I mean, the, the main future that they've got a big push on sustainability, don't they? Yeah. So because it's obviously the main, one of the main issues is plastic, isn't it? Definitely. So billions of Lego parts are produced every single year, and it's coming under some scrutiny as more and more people just become aware of the materials that are being used and that they are plastic. And so Lego have been trying to address this. Yeah, they, they're trying to use sugarcane as a as um, a material to make their Lego bricks. I don't think it's quite working perfectly. And uh, they're going to start using more recycled plastic. Obviously, Lego models have got the plastic bags inside them traditionally, with the pieces in. They're going to try and they're going to turn those into paper bags. Um, and they've they've got a thing called Lego Replay, haven't they? Where you can you can donate your Lego. Yeah. Um, yeah, to, uh, to but it's, others, it's but a massive think... thing. So what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to come up with these new sustainable bricks, but not let any of the customers know that there's a difference in the bricks than what they yeah. used to be. So there yeah. used to be this ABS plastic, which is based on petrol, a petroleum-based plastic. They did the sugarcane one, and they found that it was good for some things, but it's it's not as durable. So it's not 
it, it can break. It's not really designed to be like your proper brick. So a lot of that sugarcane type bricks, which account for 2% of the, the elements that they have, they they use it for trees and leaves mainly yeah. because yep. you wouldn't be placing stuff on top of those very much. So they're, they're trying to phase it in, but they've had a bit more success. They think they're starting to crack it. They've had a bit more success. They're putting loads of money, like $400 million behind it, I was reading. Then they've coming up with using recycled plastic bottles and they're actually starting to get somewhere that these types of bricks are looking like they could be the future. And their idea is that all of their, their bricks will either be plant-based or from recycled materials by 2030. Well, let's hope that's the case. But, I get, you know, I guess lots of companies are trying to do similar things. So it's not, not out of the ordinary, I don't think. Okay. Now, did have an issue this week with my two guys, one topic takeaway, because there's so many cool facts about Lego. Okay. Do you just want to throw out a few there? Well, I now can't remember the one I was going to say as my main one because there's just too many. Okay. Number one, did you know that Lego is the largest producer of tyres in the world? <laughs> I think that's come up in a pub quiz before, but yeah, go on. Tell us why. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, like, well, because they make so many cars, don't they? Like, they make more than Bridgestone, Goodyear, Michelin. They make more tyres than that. <laughs> that's nuts. That's nuts. Do you know there's no such thing as Legos? So the plural, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the plural, plural is Lego, isn't it? Is Lego. So uh, yeah, it's never Legos. Yeah, about 400 um, Lego models or Lego sets are sold every minute. So in the however long we've been chatting to, 400 minute, uh, 40 minutes, what's 40 times by 400? It's about 16,000 Lego sets have been sold since we've been doing this recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Yeah, the, the number of Lego bricks sold in a year can wrap around the earth five times, apparently. So you're, you're talking about 20 billion bricks that are crazy. Right, this is my real one, though. It's my real one. Obviously, I'm all about maths and crazy probability facts and things like that, right? In my hand, I put it on the screen, but I, so I, no one can see it but you. I've got a two by four Lego brick, right? This is the traditional brick that everyone will know if you think of Lego, right? Two by four. If you have six of them, so I've got six of them in my hand, okay, how many different ways are there of me putting these six bricks together? <laughs> Must be quite a few. Right. So I've only got six of them in my hand, six two-by-fours, all right, of these Lego bricks. There are nearly a billion ways of putting those six bricks together. There are <laughs> 915 million ways of putting six bricks together. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny funny you saying that like calling it a two by four because and we've sort of used different names for the bricks throughout the episode they haven't got official names have they no they don't no lego even lego say they don't have, you know they have whatever they call it amongst themselves and whatever you call it when you're playing you know if i'm playing with my boy and i'm like right get me a flat fourer yeah whatever to me we know what that means but Get me the up downy. No, that's just what we call it. Like, it hasn't got a real name. <laughs> I like that. So, uh, on names, I can tell you about my two guys, one topic takeaway. So we said that the name Lego was derived from the Danish word legot. So the first two letters of each of those words, and yeah. it stands for play well. But funnily enough, 
the first two letters combined to make Lego, it actually has its own meaning in Latin, which is I put together. Yeah. So I, I'd read that. That's nuts. And that's just coincidence, isn't it? It's just it a coincidence. The name Lego and completely coincidentally, the word Lego in Latin means I put together. Because he came up with the word Lego before they were selling these interlocking bricks. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it is an absolute massive coincidence. So I just, I love that. Yeah. So the way it was de- derived was from the first two letters of the word for play well, but it actually coincidentally means I put together, which is, um, which is mental. The other thing, just a really quick, like really relevant thing to say is that in lockdown, Lego's revenue and profits went absolutely through the roof. So in 2020, their revenue was just under 6 billion euros. And because of the pandemic, people were just buying more and more sets. And if you're stuck at home, you thought you'd buy a load of Lego, but they're absolutely killing it. It's, uh, It's incredible. Well, you can buy it by the kilo. Like Lego is sold by weight. And uh, I read a little thing about there being a black market for Lego as well, because it's so easily sellable. And, you know, you know, legit Lego from fake Lego. It can be resold quite easily. There's a black market cropping up, apparently. Anyway, I digress. Lego. Can we have a chat about Lego with people nowadays? If somebody asks you to chat for five minutes, could you talk about Lego? Oh, absolutely. It's... Yeah, easily, couldn't you? It's, I know loads more about it now. Just like considering the reasons behind that whole quality and making sure that it was how durable and how good the, the bricks would be. Incidentally, another fact to throw in there that the, the bricks don't biodegrade. They reckon that they would take 1,300 years for one of the bricks to actually biodegrade. Um, but yeah, how, how they come up with the designs is not computerized. It's just playing together to come up with something. And yeah, it's just enjoyed by everybody, all ages and, and different types of people. Yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah, and incidentally, throwing in another fact, if that's what we're playing, I got another one as well. Did you know that you could take a, talking about durability, you could take a Lego brick and you could build a tower on top of it over two miles high before that Lego brick would break under the weight of all the other Lego bricks. Oh, really? So one Lego brick can support about 375,000 other Lego bricks before it breaks. Is that, that why it's why... one of the most painful things in the world to step on Lego? If you step on it with <laughs> yeah, bare feet. <laughs> yeah, because it never breaks. Um, yeah, that and an upturn plug. Right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our episode all about Lego. We do have lined up a really interesting interview. and Like we said, it will be with a guy who was a Lego master builder and is now a Lego, Lego certified professional. So... That's really, really interesting. That'll be coming up on Friday. But thanks for listening to everybody, uh, everybody to listen about Lego. If you've got any comments, hit us up on the socials at Two Guys One Topic on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or uh, wherever else you might want to try and do that. Let us know your thoughts or comments. That'd be great. We will speak to you next week with a new episode. Get out there and share some Lego knowledge.